This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colin Pratt. And I am Sydney Lyerly. And today we are on the second to last reading. We're almost done. Also... Happy 2024. Yeah, welcome. We done made it. We've met you. We are recording this ahead of time, so we don't actually know. We haven't made it it yet. Yeah, the world could end. But as far as we know now recording this, we've made it. Um, (laughs) So congratulations on making it. Uh, We're so happy that you're here with us. I can't believe 2023 is over. Yeah, man. Or I guess while we're recording this, almost over. Let's just pretend from now on, 2023, we are recording this the day it goes up. As far (laughs) as the listener knows. So, wow, isn't it crazy? Oh, man. Apple's taking over the government. That's crazy. I can't believe that. Okay, Colton. That's awesome. Okay. I can't say anything bad about that because they'll get me. (sighs) But we love (laughs) we love the we love our uh, Steve Jobsy overlords. Steve Jobsy. Steve Jobsy and overlord. (laughs) Anyway, we're still reading Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. We are still reading Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, and we're almost done. So, but there looks like there's so many pages left. Yeah, I think there's there's a couple things in the back that we're not reading next week. Like there's a couple called Ars Arcanum and stuff yeah. that you can read on your own, yeah. but it's not really like it's not part of the story. It's just like here's some details about the magic that we've established, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also make sure you pick up Words of Radiance yes. because there's going to be a break week. So next week, last episode for this book, Mm -hmm. then a bonus episode, a wrap up episode. Yes. Then a week off and then probably Words of Radiance next. We might have another bonus thing for you, uh, but likely Words of Radiance next. Yes. So make sure you have that ready because it's going to it's going to get here faster than you think. I have to buy it. I haven't bought it yet. I already own a copy, so I'm good. Well, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let me know Uh, when you're ready to go. Well, real quick, before we start, Sorry. make sure you read chapter 67, 68, and 69 for this week. Or else okay. you'll be very confused. So yes. make sure you, these are the, these are great chapters. Make sure you pause it, read it, come back. Yes. And then next week, just read the rest of the book. There's a lot of chapters, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, and the epilogue. But make sure you read them. They're very short. They're uh, At the end of the day, all that all of that ends up being... Uh, the end of the book. Like an hour of reading. It's less than other weeks. Yeah, it's pretty short. So make sure you have that read. Yeah. All right. Alrighty. Get Time into to get it. into it. These chapters are long. Uh, chapter 67, words. Words. Um, and the little death rattle at the beginning says, let me no longer hurt. Let me no longer weep. Dalagonarthus, the black fisher holds my sorrow and consumes it. Nice. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> I <know that. laughs> um, Tanatasash, 11.73, 28 seconds pre-death. A dark-eyed female street juggler. Note similarity to sample eleven seventy two eighty nine. Ooh, I bet we could find which one that is. Actually, I know I kind of wanted to, but you that go seems ahead. Like a I'll lot do some of, looking. A lot of work. Um. Okay, so this chapter starts off with Bridge Four. Uh, Sadius has just dipped on Dalinar and um the uh, Adolin, and Kaladin is unsure of why why they did that, and so Bridge Four is kind of lagging behind the rest of the army. They're uh, very tired and exhausted. Kaladin is really, really struggling. Uh, the whole bridge crew is, is struggling quite a bit. Um, Sadius's men are kind of just ignoring them. They're being ignored. They're, they're like they're being allowed to kind of just lag behind. Yeah. And uh, they get to one of the chasms, and instead of putting their bridge across the chasm, they kind of just set it down, 
and they're they're planning or they they keep holding it. Their plan is they're just gonna cross with it, like and not bother because there's so yeah. many bridge crews at this point. They're not worried about the soldiers. Don't need them to cross, especially because half the so- more than half the soldiers have been abandoned, yeah. chilling back there on the plateau. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Moash is like turn turn uh. Kaladin and Moash are kind of turned around watching uh, what's happening behind them. And they're kind of like, they feel really, really awful about it. Of course. As they should. Um, But they're they're standing there watching. And Matal, if you remember him, he's Hishal's uh, husband, husband, who's actually doing things. Yeah. We don't like Matal. We don't like any of them. Yes. Matal is like, okay, Bridge 4, come on. And he's like yelling at them. And Kaladin's like, we'll just follow with our own bridge, Matal. We're exhausted. We're struggling. And... Matal is like, what if those savages come after you? Meaning the Parshendi. Yeah. And Kaladin's like, so? Yeah. And Matal's like, okay, fine. Whatever. And then leaves. And Kaladin's like, guys, we're free. We're going to escape now because they're going to think if we wait, you know, they don't, if they don't see us turn around and go back or go in a different direction, they're going to think we tried to follow, but the Parshendi came after us and killed us and threw our bridge on the chasm. They have no way of knowing whether we survived or not. And which makes sense. Like, it's kind of dumb on Matal to just leave them there. But he does. He kind of he kind of leaves. They don't really have a whole lot of su- supplies, but they do have some spheres, yeah. uh, which will help. And Kaladin realizes that there are wounded bridgemen in the in the Barrett. war camp yeah. that he wants to save. And so he's like, I'm gonna stay behind. Yep. And the others are like, the others get offended. They're not <laughs> happy with this. And Kaladin's trying to tell them why. And they're like, we're not leaving without you. And Kaladin's like, don't worry. I'll come back after you guys. Like, I'll follow you guys eventually. Right. And they're just, they're, Kaladin is like giving them an order and they're not happy about it. Yeah. Um, But they decide to uh, go and like salvage from the bodies of the, uh, some of the soldiers that died like nearby. So they go, they go and do that. And uh, Kaladin is kind of watching. He, he's watching um, Dalinar's army fight. He's watching down on our fight. He feels really, really awful about it. And he thinks about, um, like, maybe they could go help. They need yeah. a bridge. But Kaladin's like, that's that's suicide. Rock comes over and is like, can we? is there anything we can do to help? And Kaladin's like, no, we can't help. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. Like. Because running at them. Would be Like running suicide. just alone at the bridge, we, they would, yeah, kill they, us. Yeah, they would, they would die immediately. And so Kaladin's like, you know, there's nothing I can do. Um. And he's like, we don't owe them anything. Dalinar is probably just as bad as the rest of the light eyes that I know. And, and ne- but standing next to Kaladin is who? Is Syl, who is full size. She's now the size of a full yes. full grown man. She's a full human, and we find out that she she realizes suddenly that she's not a windsprint. I want to do this interaction. Okay. This this interaction it makes me have it gives me little goosebumps every time. I haven't gotten to play so still in so long. I'm it's so, so excited. Cute. So here we go. Here comes the little interaction. Yay! Still stood beside him, facing eastward. It made his very soul twist in knots to see that look of despair on her face. Are windsprint attracted to wind? She asked softly. Or do they make it? I don't know. Kaladin said. Does it matter? Perhaps not. You see, I've learned what kind of spren I am. Is this the time for it, Syl? I bind things, Kaladin, she said, turning and meeting his eye. I am honor spren, spirit of oaths, of promises, and of nobility. Kaladin could faintly hear the sounds of the battle, or was that just in his mind, searching for something he knew to be there? Could he hear the men dying? Could he see the soldiers running away, scattering, 
leaving their warlord alone. Everyone else fleeing, Kaladin kneeled over Dalit's body, a green and burgundy banner flying alone on the field. I've been here before, Kaladin bellowed, turning back towards the blue banner. Dalinar always fought at the front. What happened last time? Kaladin yelled. I've learned. I won't be a fool again. So, basically, Kaladin talking to Sil has decided that he needs to go and help them. I love the line, by the way. Her opening seems like unconnected, but mm-hmm. she's saying, she's saying, do I bring honor yes. to you? Because you, you drew me. Yeah. Do I bring honor or are you honorable enough that you're able to draw a friend just for it? Yeah. And it it's the this wind question is just trying to say it like uh-huh. which is such a good way i love that writing and that way of communicating i agree because also her pointing out that like i'm honor spread yeah you either have been drawn by you or i bring your honor but you are too honorable to leave this man behind yes and i appreciate that that's very good that's a good job sil yeah and so Kaladin, after this thinks about what his father had told him once so his father told him, somebody has to start, son. Somebody has to step forward and do what is right, because it is right. If nobody starts, then others cannot follow. And he says, the light eyes don't care about life, so I must, so we must, so you must. And basically, Cowden Wait. thinks about this and decides... Life before death. Oh, I. he thinks, I've failed so often. I've been knocked to the ground and trod upon. Strength before weakness. This would be death I'd lead my friends to. Journey before destination. Death and what is right. It's so sweet. Yes. I love this. It is. And so he turns he turns to his bridge crew and says, we have to go back. And every single one of them nods and agrees. Yep. And so they, they go back and they, they run back towards the the uh, the tower. And if you don't remember, by the way, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. That's the first ideal of yes. the nice radiant. Yes, yes. So like the the people that down are seeing these visions, their first like like first tenant of their thing is yeah. that phrase. How many do they have? Do you know? Hmm? So how many do they have? I can't tell you that. Oh, dang it. <laughs> you learn later. Oh, I want to know now. I know. I'm sorry. Boo. Boo. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> they, they start, they run towards uh, the tower and the perspective si- switches to uh, Dalinar. Dalinar Colin. Yes. I was doing an entry music. Okay. <laughs> that is not his entry music. If yeah. he had edgy music, it wouldn't be that. It would be more like something Alessia could make, but I can't make that. It would be like, bum, 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 <laughs> like really <laughs> oh, deep in like Blackthorn. Like, that's the Blackthorn's edgy music. Not that, okay, well, right now he's fighting. Yes, he's the Blackthorn. But I'm saying Dalinar Colin's edgy music will be more like regal and wonderful. <laughs> and then, ooh, whoever makes this movie, musicians beware. What you need to do is make a song that can also be played as like a – like. A very intense version. Yeah. So like a, same song, same notes, same order, but a very soft, regal-sounding version mm-hmm. that be, that can be amped up very easily into yeah. a very intense, like, full orchestra version. Yeah. Because when he walks down the hallways of the King's Palace, having a lone violin enter, enter, uh, announcing him would be good. Yeah. And then when he's fighting on the battlefield, you need thundering drums and 30 <laughs> trumpets yelling about him killing them. Like, that, I don't know. <laughs> that that, that's pretty cool. exciting. I agree. Uh, anyways, so he, he's fighting for his life. Um Stormlight is leaking out of his plate. It's falling apart. He is uh, not doing well. Doing his best. Um, He's doing his best, yes. He's not fighting with a thrill because he's terrified. He's, yeah. he's so scared. And he he knows that they're going to die. He knows that they have no choice. He's tired. He's exhausted. Mm-hmm. He He's really, really, really struggling. And he turns and suddenly sees Cowden's bridge crew coming towards them and is like, what? Yeah. And he's confused. He's like, why would Sadia send them back? Real quick, two things. First, yes. 
last chapter it ended with his only regret. He was like accepting that he was going to die. Yeah. And his only regret was for Renarin. Yep. Right now he has his second regret. And then there was Navani. So mm-hmm. his only two regrets that he's expressed, basically he's saying, I'm happy to die with honor, trying to be a better person than yes. everyone. Yep. Um, trying to be a better person than I was yesterday, I guess. Yeah. Uh, except I'm sad that I'm leaving Renarin without his plate. And I'm sad that I'm leaving Navani after I finally started courting her. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, but he sees da- uh, Kaladin's crew coming and yells for Adolin and is like, Adolin, look, they're coming. And Adolin's like, what kind of trap is this? Mm-hmm. Like, they think it's a trap from Sidious, but they're like, that doesn't make any sense because we are going to die here if yeah. they don't come and save us. And so they're kind of like, well, we have no choice. We have to, our only hope is to go to that bridge crew and right. trying somehow hope that they survive because the partial need to shoot them and hope that we can get across that bridge. Right. So... Um, again, he, he surges on and the chapter switches yet again back to Kaladin. Mm-hmm. Kaladin is running. He's dodging. He's doing his thing. The, um, the arrow thing. The arrow thing. Arrows at him. Yep. He's, he's doing his thing. He's noticed that Dalinar and his men are trying to get to the bridge because they've noticed him. Yeah. Uh, he's doing his best. He's thinking about, um, Tien and the, the fact that this is his choice. Yeah. His choice is to, if he's going to die, his choice is to try and save Dalinar's army. Right. Um, which is a, a great choice. Yeah. Good job, Kaladin. He'd rather also, be, he'd rather die being honorable than live being unhonorable. Yes. I would like to say that my last theory was right about Kaladin going back. Uh-huh. I nailed it. You nailed it. I nailed it. Yeah. Not that it was a hard theory, but I nailed it. You nailed it. Good job. Thank you. Proud of you. Thank you. That's um, one mark for your you got it perfect. <laughs> uh so Kaladin, Kaladin is uh dodging as best he can and then suddenly realizes that the Parshendi are now aiming directly at their bridge. And they have no protection. And wait, also, they've jumped to the other plateau, so they're beside him. Now. Yes. They're shooting yep. at the, they're shooting at like the flank of the bridge. Yes. And so he yells for the side carry, even though they haven't done it in a hot minute. But they do it perfectly because Bridge 4 is trained yeah, and they're they've been good. Drilled into them. Yes. And so they do it perfectly. The arrows all stick into the side of the bridge and they're fine. Uh, but Which now is, they're exposed on a, the other side. What a beautiful moment, honestly. Yeah. Like I actually every time that happens, I'm always like, what a good setup payoff for this book. Like it, they set up for they got so yep. much time was spent setting up like practicing side carry for only to immediately yeah. fail once. I agree. Of, the payoff of like I, when that happens and they jump to the other plateau, there's a moment every time I'm reading where I'm like, well, of course they're gonna do side carry, but it's still like, yeah, he didn't have to ha- write that part in, but yeah. he did to make it so side carry had a purpose, kind of. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> um, but now they're exposed on the other side, and Cowden's like, crap. Mm-hmm. But, and they they send the arrows and Cowden like has this moment where he just kind of like drains it, it's a weird moment but he basically sucks all the arrows to him and every single every one. single arrow hits his shoulder and in his shield some of them go through his arm yeah into his arm most go, his shield gets there's so many it's so many arrows as can said arrows darken the sky yeah and the shield just obliterates because it gets hit by so many yes. shoulder arrows. And so some of them do hit him in his, his arm and arm. stuff, but yeah. he doesn't die. No, he he's fine. He's in a decent amount of pain. But the others are like, "What the heck just happened?" But mm-hmm. they're like, "How how did you do this?" Like his shield glue, like he said, glue like the sun. Like it yeah, all, suddenly it, the, his shield burst in light, and yes. all the arrows went. Dunk. Yes. Um. But <laughs> at this point, the Barshendi are like, "What the heck?" And then yell. Neshua Kadal and then flee. Yep. Those who are trying to attack the bridge crew. And Tef's like, well, that's weird, but we need to get you to safety. And so what they. You, what's the deal with Neshua Kadal? That's like their fleeing term. Like yeah. They yell it whenever they like 
they yell it whenever they see Kaladin do something. Uh-huh. So what do you think yes. that means? Um, so they know something about his powers, I think, and they're scared of it. Yeah, light. Yes. It, yeah. Good. I don't know exactly what yeah. it means, but good something call. along those lines. Good call. You're good guess. Good job. Thank you. Proud of you. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we and I both have gotten better at acknowledging each other's co- <laughs> before early podcasts we would just be like whatever and get back to reading <laughs> now we're just like I appreciate you and I appreciate you okay get back to it yay <laughs> yay <laughs> we're so positive here yeah this is a positive working environment this is a positive podcast yeah positive cast it's a it's a podcast? pod positive positive no Pos-cast. it's not gonna work podcast uplifting podcasts <laughs> upcast upcast <laughs> it's an upcast it's an upcast <laughs> Thank you for listening to our upcast, guys. This we really means, appreciate it. This means nothing. What we're what we've done <laughs> for the last half hour we spent just saying no nonsense words. This is nothing. Half hour. It's been like ten seconds. Upcast. Continue. Max of one minute. Okay. Anyways, um, bridge four. That uh, uh, Taff starts to uh, and then bid start to take Cowden off so that he's safe, and the rest of the uh, the bridge crew go and put their bridge down on so that uh, there's access to the tower now. Well, the, he so Kaladin is now like extremely drained. He yes. used all his stormlight. He's like out. He's exhausted. They're out of spheres. Um, Kaladin has literally no energy. He's claiming it's shock, but the others are like, dude, you're bleeding. Yeah. Like, you're not, you look really, really pale. You're not doing good. And he kind of like lays on the ground and like begins to like pass out basically. Yeah. And no one has any more spheres. Yeah, they already that's what gave I them said. all to Kaladin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one has any spheres. Um, Kaladin's not doing good. He's thinking about the fact that he's worried they're all going to die. And he's like, he says, it's hap- happening again. I can't get to them. They'll die right in front of me. Tux, dead. Nella, dead. Gashal, dead. Dalit, Sen, Maps, Dunny, dead, dead, dead. Tien, dead. And then he like lays on the ground in a little like ball and uh, has a, like a flashback. And mm-hmm. we get to see how Tien died. <laughs> <laughs> That's the death noise. What? Continue. What? It's a flashback. <laughs> Go, get into it. I can't do the noise six times. You need to get into the flashback. Maybe the flashback noise. I'm judging you for your little flashback noise. Well, don't judge me. The listeners are all on my side. Mm-hmm. They all agree that my flashback noise was great. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I will it to be true. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, so it's a flashback. Kaladin is, uh, like stumbling around. He's got a, a spear. He's in the middle of a battle in Amram's army. Okay? Disorganized, terrible. Yes. Battle. It's, it's really bad. It's not going well. Um, he's worried about Tien because basically Tien was supposed to be a messenger boy and he was for a few months and then they decided they needed him. And so now he's in an actual like battalion. He's supposed to be in like deep reserves though. Like don't, yeah. don't use him reserves. Yes. That's what he's supposed to be. But, you know, um, but Kaladin is trying to find Tien and he uh, sees um, the fact that Amram is still alive. You know, Amram's doing okay. Uh, The rest of his like group of people are dead. Um, But he he tries to go and find Tien, runs into a light eyed man, like a captain. And he asks uh, who's like what squad he's from. And Kaladin's like, they're all dead. Um, You know, they're all they're all dead. And so Kaladin is then assigned to go off to the reserves to to get like reassignment and find a new squad to be with. And so Kaladin heads off that way. His main goal is to find um to find Tien. He runs into another 
like officer guy, another sergeant. Yeah. And the sergeant tells Kaladin to uh, go like go that direction for squad reassignment. And Kaladin's like, I need to find the squad made from mess- from made from messenger boys. Right. And the guy's like, Why would you need to do that? And mm-hmm. Kaladin's like, I don't know. This is what I was told to do. Which he was not told to do that, but it, you know he wants to find TM. And so he he goes in the direction that this guy tells him to go. And he does, he finds the uh, messenger boys, okay? Yeah. He gets there and realizes that th- this guy, whose name is um, Varth, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Is his name Varth? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Well, whoever uh, this guy is, the, the squad leader, basically has assigned the messenger boys to be up front like bait. Yeah. So basically like the bridge crews. Cowden spots TN. TN spots him. Cowden kills somebody, okay? Mm-hmm. And then watches TN die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Cowden's freaking out and upset. He's in pain. He's been stabbed in the leg. He, Which is why he can't get to TN, which is why he watch, watches TN die. He m- manages to crawl over to where TN is and, like, is holding him and is upset and crying and not not doing okay. He's m- yelling at Varth because this is Varth's fault because he put him up front um and yeah it's just he doesn't know what to do he 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 thinks about why couldn't i protect him i wanted to protect him let me protect him make me strong enough to protect him and really quick yes varth the guy who put him out front as bait says you work with what you have gotta do what you can to stay alive son turn a liability into an advantage wherever you can remember that if you live Mm mm-hmm don't like him. Mm-mm. What a bad way to view human life. Yeah, not good. <sighs> <sighs> Poor Tien. Dude's turned, saw his brother smile, then got stabbed to the neck. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, not great. I. <laughs> Poor Tien. I was not prepared for this moment in this book. Um, but yeah, then the. The flashback ends. Wait, read the last two little sections before it ends. The last two. Okay. So Kaladin says, don't worry, Kaladin whispered. When Hetty started to cry, I'll bring you home. I'll protect you, Tien. I'll bring you back. He held the body into the evening, long past the end of the battle, clinging to it as it slowly grew cold. That's heartbreaking. That's so sad. The image of Kaladin. Oh, man. That's terrible. It is terrible. Poor Tien. Poor Tien. Poor Kaladin. Yeah, man. I mean, at least Tien didn't have to live through that afterwards. (laughs) Kaladin's been through some trauma. Kaladin had to live through that. Tien didn't have to live through it. Kaladin got some trauma going on, but it's okay. Oh, well, yeah. Anyways, that's the end of the flashback. Kaladin um, wakes up. He can hear people crying. He feels, why did you touch my toe? Because your toe was kicking right by my hand. (laughs) So I was like, I'll grab that. Sorry about that. She's wearing shoes and everything. <laughs> Ref- rephrase. For- <laughs> She's wearing shoes. She just was kicking her foot in her recording studio. We're facing each other under the table. She's kicking her foot. And my, <laughs> my hand is dangling. It, it wasn't a weird reach for the toe moment. <laughs> I needed to be unknown. It was it was a like she was kicking at me. And so I grabbed her. I just was so confused. I was like, why did you just grab my foot? <laughs> yeah, no, she, The way it was said made it sound way weirder than it was. <laughs> I don't disagree. It just was weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyways. Um, Galadin can hear people dying. He feels really drained. And Syl looks at him and is, can we actually do this as a dramatic reading? Of course. I like I like dramatic. I like being dramatic. One thing about me is that I like being dramatic. You are dramatic. Yeah, I'm very dramatic. <laughs> Galadin, 
A voice whispered. He blinked. Syl was hovering in front of him. Do you know the words? All I wanted to do was protect them, he whispered. That's why I've come. The words, Kaladin. They're going to die. I can't save them. I... Amaram slaughtered his men in front of him. A nameless Sharbearer killed a lot. A light eyes killed Tien. No. Kaladin rolled over and forced himself to his feet, wavering on weak legs. No. Bridge 4 hadn't set its bridge yet. That surprised him. They were still pushing it across the chasm, the Parshendi crowding up on the other side, eager, their song becoming more frantic. His delusions had seemed like hours, but had passed in just a few heartbeats. No! Lopin's litter was in front of Kaladin. A spear rested amid the drained water bottles and ragged bandages, steelhead reflecting sunlight. It whispered to him. It terrified him, and he loved it. When the time comes, I hope you're ready, because this lot will need you. He seized the spear, the first real weapon he had held since his display in the chasm so many weeks ago. Then he started to run, slowly at first, picking up speed, reckless, his body exhausted. But he did not stop. He pushed forward, harder, charging towards the bridge. It was only halfway across the chasm. Sil shot out in front of him, looking back, worried. The words, Kaladin! Rock cried out as Kaladin ran onto the bridge as it was moving. The wood wobbled beneath him. It was out over the chasm, but hadn't reached the other side. Kaladin! Teft yelled. What are you doing? Kaladin screamed, reaching the end of the bridge. Finding a tiny surge of strength somewhere, he raised his spear and threw himself off the end of the wooden platform, launching into the air above the cavernous void. Bridgman cried out in dismay. Sil zipped about him with worry. Parshendi looked up with amazement as a lone Bridgman sailed through the air towards them. His drained, worn-out body barely had any strength left. In the moment of crystallized time, he looked back on his enemies. Parshendi with their marbled red and black skin, soldiers raising finely crafted weapons as if to cut him from the sky. Strangers, oddities in carapace breastplates and skull caps, many of them wearing beards. Beards woven with glowing gemstones. Kaladin breathed in. Like the power of salvation itself, like rays of sunlight from the eyes of the Almighty, stormlight exploded from those gemstones. It surged through the air, pulled in invisible streams, like glowing columns of luminescent smoke, twisting and turning and spiraling like tiny funnel clouds until they slammed into him. And the storm came to life again. Kaladin hit the rocky ledge, legs suddenly strong, mind, body, and blood alive with energy. He fell into a crouch, spear under his arm, a small ring of stormlight expanding from him in a wave. Pushed down to the stones by his fall. Stunned, Parshenny shined away, eyes widening, song faltering. A trickle of stormlight closed the wounds on his arm. He smiled, spear held before him. It was as familiar as the body of a lover long lost. The words, a voice said, urgent, as if directly into his mind. In that moment, Kaladin was amazed to find that he knew them, though he'd never been told them. I will protect those who cannot protect themselves, he whispered, the second ideal of the Night's Radiant. Don, don, don. <laughs> what a baller moment. I know. That, oh my goodness. The scene of him flying over the chasm. It's so spear, cool. Spear held. Light coming from their beards to him. Like, I imagine. Think, a, imagine. It, okay. A it, slow-mo uh, shot. That's literally shot. what I was just about to say. Him, him holding the spear above his head. Yeah. Like coming toward, if I was directing it, I would have a voiceover of that moment, slow-mo, of him saying, I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. And then, bah, dramatic music as he lands and like stabs the guy. Like, yeah. it would be, that would be and such a cool moment. Explodes because Cowden lands and just like explodes with energy. And Moash is like, what is going on? <laughs> and Cowden raises spear and just starts like going after people. Like he's spinning. He's, he's everywhere. And that's the end of this chapter. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy, crazy ending. Next up. 
chapter 68. Also, real fast. I don't know why, but what you were reading, I thought, I think, okay, it was this sentence here. Um, The sentence that says, it was as familiar as the body of a lover long lost. And for some reason, that made me think of Shalon. <laughs> and now I have a theory that Cal and Shalon are going to end up together. <laughs> or, at least that's my hope. Good theory. Love it. Thank you. I don't know why I thought about that, but randomly I was like, I miss Shalon. And I thought, ooh. Calden needs a girl. Shalon needs a man. <laughs> I put the two of them together. <laughs> we ship it. I do ship it, actually. What do we call it? Shaladin or Kalan? Kalan. Kalan. Kalan's better than Shaladin. <laughs> All right. Chapter 68 is titled Ishonai. Uh, and the death rattle says, they named it the final desolation, but they lied. Our gods lied. Oh, how they lied. The Everstorm comes. I hear its whispers. See its storm wall. Know its heart. Tenetes, 1173. Eight seconds pre-death. An Azish in in internant worker. Oh. <laughs> Sample a particular note. I love doing those because I love reading the first half in the most dramatic voice I can muster, and the second half in the most like, I'm a doctor taking notes voice I can muster. <laughs> Good job. Um and the my chapter opens, of course, in the same scene, but it opens with uh Dalinar's POV. Can you imagine if after all this Brandon Sanderson was like, ha, psych, you guys don't get to find out what happens right away. You have to read another chapter about, like, Navani or something. Yeah. That would suck. I think I lied. I'm pretty sure this is actually Adolin's chapter. Yes, it is Adolin's chapter. Sorry. Well, it's everyone's chapter. Well, but... This is Adolin's beginning. Yes. <laughs> They're fighting. He's fighting. He's killing people. He moves quickly. Uh, and he basically, he's just like, this whole section is, and now we have a chance to, fi- to survive. We have a possible chance to survive. We're going to try and get there. We're going to do everything in our power. So they're fighting down this hill, trying to get down to where they think the the bridge landed. Yeah. Um, And then it switches. And now it's kind of Teft. Um, And Teft thinks living heralds above watching Kaladin. Because Kaladin is fighting not as if he, like, he's not fighting, like, with any question in his movements. He's fighting faster than you can imagine and with the most precision a person can muster. Like, Every hit connects where it needs to. He dodges out of the way at the perfect time. He's, He's a perfect fighter. But it's not just the stormlight. It, like the stormlight helps and like perfects him, but he also had that skill already. Yes, and he after a minute of being like stunned by this, he hears um uh, uh the bridgeman talking like, "What is he? What's happening?" And Tef suddenly snaps out of his little like moment of awe and goes, "He's our bridge leader, and he needs our help." First and second teams, you take the left side. Don't let the Parshendi get around him. Third and fourth teams, you're with me. On the right, Rock and Lopin, you be ready to pull back any wounded. The rest of you, wrinkled wall formation. Don't attack. Just stay alive and keep them back. And Lopin, toss him a spear that isn't broken. I love that. I love that they, the Bridgemen now, Bridge 4, are so, they're such good people. They care so, so much about each other and about yes, Kaladin. Their family. Like they went from, yes, they went from, I don't give a crap about you. I'm just trying to survive to, I'm going to risk my life for these people I don't even know. And I'm going to do it while I'm protecting my bridge leader too because I care about him and I care about each and every one of you. Did you guys, do you think about the fact that Teft was the first one to give his name and now, and like he refused to give it first until he got threatened uh-huh. and now he's like, uh, now he's like doing a like pseudo father figure, trainer, mm-hmm. best friend, Teft mentor. is one of my favorite characters. In his arc suddenly. is baller. I did not like Teft really all, all that much in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, he was fine. He but, was distant and cold. Yeah. And now you kind of know why. And it kind of like makes sense. And, yes. And he's such a good dude. Yes. Like he cares about Kaladin so, so much. He definitely hits me as a father figure. Yes. Uh, and then it goes back as Dalinar now. Dalinar now. 
and he is fighting on the hill and he's thinking like um the bridgemen we respect we appreciate if they made it here we appreciate their sacrifice basically thinking because there's no way that our bridgemen yeah. are going to be able to survive in there and then he gets back down he sees the parts he breaks through the line essentially of the parshendi and finds a group facing backwards and like what the heck and then it's because there's a little ring being held by a bunch of bridgemen who Can are fighting off the parshendi that? and he's like what? Wait, <laughs> wait, what? Can you imagine that? You're just, you're, you don't think you're going to survive because they're bridgemen. They should not know how to fight. Yeah. But they fight. And there's like, a, they're doing good. They're winning. Yes. And Dalinar all of a sudden goes, go, go, give them support. Storm it. If those bridgemen fall, we're all dead. And so his army breaks through and starts like joining up to try and help them. Yeah. And essentially there's an hourglass situation. His army above rushing through a tiny little hallway that he cut through. Yep. Off the bridge to the other side. Yeah. Um, and they're all it's like on the walls. It's basically a wall of just a constant battle going on to yeah. block people from getting in or out. Yep. Um, and they are fighting, and uh, Gallant and Surge Blood, the the horses carry ride past, carrying a bunch of wounded. Yeah. And um, Ga- Dalinar is still fighting, trying to like, you know, uh, trying to help his bar- his people get past. And suddenly he turns, and there is. A, a shard bearer, full Yay. shard bearer, wearing plate and blade. Yay, joy. Uh, and Dalinar looks at them and goes, now? Now you come? We're leaving and now you come to fight me? And he realizes it's probably Oops. because he wants, they were, the shard bearer was trying to let the plate and blade be earned by one of the people. Yeah. And now that they are about to escape, they're like, well, we can't let them get away, so we've got to send the shard bearer. Yeah. So, um, Dalinar's plate is already extremely badly damaged, so he's already like in a pretty losing situation. Yeah, like it's it's getting heavy on him because it's so destroyed. Yeah, like his, his the normally the stormlight helps it move, and now he's just lugging around basically regular armor. Like the Except light is heavier. Almost, yes, the light is almost gone from most of it, so mm-hmm. he's just lugging it around. Um, and there's this really awesome fight. I'm not going to go into super detail about it. He fights for a bit. He climbs up a, a tall little rock spire. The the um, other Sharbear follows, but instead of fighting, Dalinar is being tricky, and he cuts the ground out from underneath where the Sharbear is standing. Yeah. The Sharbear falls, but of course that won't kill a Sharbear. So Dalinar then cuts another giant boulder to fall and lands on top of him. Yeah, uh, and he's that, just trying to damage his blood or his yeah, plate. That is um, the like he he basically got the got the shard plate kind of like cracked but not broken. Yeah, and um. Dalinar gets down to the guy and says, the other Parshendi circle up around him, not fighting. They're just mm-hmm. look watching. Yeah. And Dalinar thinks, there's no running. This I'm going to fight this guy. There's no running out of this. Yeah. Uh, and then it switches perspectives again. Yep. Um, and it's Kaladin. He's he's still fighting. He's uh, doing incredibly good. He's protecting. He was saving. He was killing. Uh, he says, this sentence is baller. He was protecting. He was saving. He was killing. How could something so terrible be so beautiful at the same time? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and as he's fighting, he starts. Uh, he he looks around, and realizes that like Bridge Four is doing way better than he should have. Yeah, they they're, they he says it feels like it was really quick, but it seems like it might have been hours. I don't actually know how long we've been holding here. Yeah. Um, and then he starts trying to find. Uh, he's trying to starts trying to find like other soldiers, like leader soldier soldiers. Yeah. Um. Well, first he asks and learns that three died. Malop, Eulis, Jackson, Norm. But that's uh, after the army got there. So now they're kind of able to step back let the army do their work. This is terrible. But yesterday I was talking to Colton about this book and I said, you know, I'm glad none of the good, the the well-known Bridgman died. Yeah. And I feel bad about that now. <laughs> I mean, it's still sad. 
It is still sad. Malop, Elix, Jackson, Norm, you'll be but missed. They never hardly talked. Um, None of the the well known Bridgman died. Thank you, Brandon Henderson, and <laughs> for not making me go through that yet. <laughs> um, and they ask. Kaladin finds a soldier and says, "Who's your commander?" And he says, "Bright Lord Dalinar." Immediate command, obviously immediate command. Oh, he's dead, and the company lord, and his second. They're all dead. Yes, it's, we don't have leaders. And eventually, um, a man calls over here. I found I found someone in charge. It's Bright Lord Havar. He's a commander of the rear guard. Kaladin runs over, and the guy's coughing blood and dying. And Kaladin says, "Who's his second?" Dead. The man says. Kaladin says, "What's your name?" And he says, "Nakum Gaval." And Kaladin's like, you're promoted. You're in charge. Get these men across. And he says, you don't have the power to do that. And Kaladin says, uh, someone needs to get to work. And the, and the man just like, uh, okay. <laughs> and Dalinar's army is so well trained that as soon as someone takes charge, everyone starts listening much better and, yes. and getting their yeah. – Because they, they basically – they know what they're supposed to do when they're told what to do. Yeah. That, they're trained well enough to do that. Yes. But they don't – in a panic, they're panicked. So when somebody gets in control and starts saying, go, go, go. Which is fair. They know it's their time to go. I love that they just listen to Kaladin. Like this guy is a light-eyed. He doesn't necessarily have to listen to Kaladin, but he chooses to anyways because Kaladin has such a like commanding like atmosphere around him at this point. Yeah. Like he's got a commanding Aurora. That was what I, Aurora? Aura. Aura. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. Um, and then Kaladin runs up and finds a member of the Cobalt Guard. Yeah. Uh, and the Cobalt, he's like, um, why aren't your men leaving across the bridge? And he says, uh, we cannot leave without Adolin. And um, Adolin won't leave without Dalinar, essentially. Yeah, and basically. So, uh, Kaladin goes, finds Adolin, and he says, he gets his attention and says, like, uh, Adolin says, who are you? And Kaladin goes, I'm the man who saved your life, and I need you to order the retreat. Your troops cannot fight any longer. And Adolin's trying to protest. My dad's just there. I just saw him. He's alive. I need to get to him. And Kaladin says, you are going to retreat. Look at your men, Colin. You can barely keep their feet, let alone fight. You're losing dozens by the minute. You need to get out. And um, Adolin won't. And uh, Kaladin says, for the... If you fall, Adolin Colin, these men have nothing. The commanders are wounded or dead. You can't go to your father. You can barely walk. I repeat, get your men to safety. And Adolin, Adolin hates that. Hates that. Uh, and Kaladin's like, fine. I'll go get your dad. You get out. <laughs> and um, Adolin, I think, finally realizes that he's right. He can't yeah. He can't do this. So Adolin uh, gets his people to get out, and they run. And Kaladin goes alone through the army. And rushes rushes into the uh, towards the like Sharbear uh, yeah. is fighting right. Yep. And Dal it comes back to Dalinar's perspective. Dalinar uh, hears his horse, looks up, and his horse just ran out to where he was. And Dalinar is like on one knee. He's being beaten, beaten, beaten by the enemy. Yeah. He's managed to score a few hits. The enemy's charged uh, plate chest is is busted. His calf has a little few cracks in it, but yeah, nothing broken. But Dalinar's like losing pieces too. Yes. And he's also like, he low-key kind of has a concussion, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then the Parshendi says something to him, which is weird, the shard layer, in a heavily tinted accent. He says, it is you. I have found you at last. And Whatever that means. Dallin's like, what? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> um, and then suddenly a glowing man jumps through the, the enemy lines and, and lands in the circle. And Dallin's like, what the heck? What is that thing? Down on thinks it's Sadius for a second until he realizes it's a man that's glowing and yeah. it's not Sadius. 
uh, also it's very sad when he hears someone coming he says Sadius he's come to rescue me as I rescued him he'll come I know he will I will gather them nope it's Kaladin Sadius done left you my guy <laughs> it's Kaladin storm blessed and Kaladin comes and just injures the he stabs through the cracks of the the uh, calf piece yeah. and basically stabs his partially calf enough that he can't get back up yeah. and then Kaladin uh, says get on your horse get out of here and Dalinar has the freaking audacity to say I could win this fight and Kaladin glares at him and says get on Hold your on, horse real quick real quick yeah um, right before this the uh, um, Sharbara falls right and mm-hmm. the partially see Kaladin and then yell the Nashu Kadal again yes Nashu Kadal and then they stop and just stare at him yeah which is they won't fight back to they won't fight and, yeah. and Kaladin's like uh, good enough um, yeah, but Dalinar has the audacity to say, we could finish him. We could. And uh, Kaladin goes, on your horse. And uh, he there's a moment of pause. And then Kaladin says, you're supposed to be an honorable one. Well, your men won't leave without you. And my men won't leave without them. So you will get on your horse. And we will escape this death trap. Do you understand? And Dalinar has a moment where he's like, I should be offended. But he's right. His logic is good. So I'm going to listen. Yeah. Which is also a sign of a good leader, being able to I admit you're wrong. So, I agree. Good job, Dalinar. Adolin, I think it's interesting because I love the fact that both of them listened to Kaladin. Adolin, a little bit more was a little bit yes, he was a little bit more stubborn with it. But I, I kind of, I do get it though, because he My wanted, daddy. he wanted to go help his father, and I respect him for that. But I do respect him that he realized that he needed to listen to this guy, even though yeah. he really has, he shouldn't listen to this guy. Like, yeah. Because Kaladin has no right to boss him around in this world. Shouldn't, shouldn't like, in the late chain of command, yeah. but should in logical reasoning. Yes, yes. And, but I love the fact that both of them listened. Kaladin, it was a little bit harder, but I really yeah. appreciate Dalinar here because Dalinar really did. He really he really was like, okay. Yeah. Like, didn't and even really question it. He was just like, okay, you're right. You got to listen. When you're when the single greatest fighter in the world <laughs> tells you to leave, you got to listen. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that without any reasoning, but Kaladin just is so awesome in these chapters. It I makes agree. me so excited. Um, and Dalinar bellows retreat and they they gallop off. And as soon as they get to the other plateau, Dalinar is like, set up a triage. We don't leave anyone behind who has a chance at living. The Barshendi will not attack us here. And... Um, yeah, because at this point, they are now going for the Jim Hart, and yes. they've ignored, they're ignoring uh, Dalinar's army again, because they're now off, off. they've gone over the bridge, and they're now off the, the tower. Before that, he says this, by the way, there's a moment here, where he's on the other plateau, and he looks back, and he sees the Prashendi Sharbear do a salute with his shard blade. Yeah. So Dalinar summons his own shard blade, and does a salute in return. That's now, so bizarre hey, to me. Hey, now, Sydney. Yes? Does this image, two Sharbear saluting each other on the Shattered Plains... Does this remind it's you of anything? It's the cover of the book. It's the cover of the book. It is the cover. We finally of the book. see the, the moment from the cover when two shard bearers stand on opposite shattered planes and salute each other. Isn't that so neat? That is neat. It's very bizarre, but it's neat. Yeah. Uh well, Kaladin thought this when he was fighting. These people have honor. Yes. They're they're fighting in, in honorable ways. They're refusing to in, like if they're injured, they leave them alone. Like the the Parshendi have more honor than most of Lethi soldiers oh, do. Oh, for sure. So this honorable, like they got out fair and square. Yeah. I, I salute you, you know? Yeah. So that that's honestly kind of it represents the Parshendi and the Parshendi's level of honor that they have. I agree. Like like Kaladin said, they, if there's someone wounded, they won't fight them because that's not a fair fight. Even though they do rush one on one, they rush single people with pairs of two. Yeah. That's just how they fight. It's not because it, they're trying to overwhelm them. It's because that's the way we fight. And I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. No, I agree. Anyway, uh, Dalinar walks over to the Bridgman now. And uh, 
he starts asking them questions, essentially. I want to do a dramatic reading of this, though. Okay. Here we go. The leader of the bridge crew was seeing to a man's wounds, and his fingers worked with expertise. A man trained in field medicine among bridgemen? Well, why not? Now in our thought, it's no odder than their being able to fight so well. Sadius had been holding out on him. The young man looked up, and, for the first time, Dalinar noticed the slay span on the youth's forehead, hidden by the long hair. The youth stood, posture hostile, phoning his arms. You are to be commended, Dalinar said, all of you. Why did your high prince retreat, only to send you back for us? Several of the bridge men chuckled. He didn't send us back, their leader said. We came on our own, against his wishes. Dalinar found himself nodding, and he realized that this was the only answer that made sense. Why? Dalinar said. Why come for us? The youth shrugged. You allowed yourself to get trapped in there quite spectacularly. Dalinar nodded. Perhaps he should have been annoyed at the young man's tone, but it was only the truth. Yes, but why did you come? And how did you learn to fight so well? By accident, the young man said. He turned back to his wounded. What can I do to repay you? Dalinar asked. The bridgeman looked back at him. I don't know. We were going to flee from Sadius, disappear in the confusion. We might still, but he'll certainly hunt us down and kill us. I could take your men to my camp, make Sadius free you from your bondage. I worry that he wouldn't let us go, the bridge man said, eyes haunted. And I worry that your camp would offer no safety at all. This move today by Sadius, it will mean war between you two, will it not? Would it? Dalinar had avoided thinking of Sadius. Survival had taken his focus, but his anger at the man was a seething pit deep within. He would exact revenge on Sadius for this, but could he allow war between the princedoms? It would shatter a left car. More than that, it would destroy the Colin house. Dalinar didn't have the troops or the allies to stand against Sadius, not after this disaster. I just want to say one thing. Yep. I love Dalinar so much for this. I love how respectful he is to Kaladin. Mm-hmm. But also, I love the fact that Kaladin just went ahead and told Dalinar that they were planning on leaving. Yeah. Like... I mean, honestly, that could have gotten him in trouble, but he just went ahead and said that. Yeah. And I feel like that just shows that he already kind of trusts Dalinar. Yeah. And I just, I just thought that was interesting because, I mean, he obviously didn't tell him the whole truth about how he can fight. Yes. But he did tell him the truth about why they were coming yes. back. Yes. Like the fact that they were planning on fleeing. And really, if you really think about it, Dalinar easily could get them in trouble for that and get them killed for that if he really wanted to. Well, I'll tell you this also. He didn't tell them the whole truth about why they came back because the reason they came back was because it's the honorable thing to do. Yes, And that would sound ridiculous, except Kaladin has no way of knowing this. But saying that to anyone else in the world, it would sound ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Saying that to Dalinar, he'd be like, heck yeah, man, high five. (laughs) High five. Yeah, Dalinar would be all about that, but everyone else. I agree, but I just think it's interesting that he told, that Kaladin just flat out told Dalinar they were going to flee Sadius. Yeah. Here's something else that's interesting. Thinking about why, uh, like, if there was start a war, Dalinar says, there's a reason Sadius did it like this. He does not want war. So yeah. it's up to me whether or not there's a war, and I'm not going to let there be one. Yeah. Um, and he says, so no, there won't be a war. And Kaladin says, well, if that's the case, then by taking us to your camp, you commit robbery. The king's law holds, uh, the king's law, the codes my man always claim you uphold, would demand that you return us to Sadius. He won't let us go easily. And Dalinar makes an oath. I will take care of Sadius. Return with me. I vow that you will be safe. I promise with every shred of honor I have. And you know what? I'm not going to spoil it, but he does. Kaladin, I love that Kaladin accepts that. Like, yeah. And it's funny because Kaladin looks at Dalinar, and Dalinar can tell in his eyes that he is very hard. He's been through a lot. 
Yeah. And but he accepts it anyways and then goes back to Calden just goes back to his work. Yep. And, and Dalinar just kind of observes him for a moment. Yep. It's a fun interaction. It's very cute. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter. Yes. There's some art here. What is this art? Describe it's, it. So it's a charcoal rubbing of a relief of Nalan Ellen carved on the wall of His Majesty Elokar Colin's palace at the Shattered Plains, circa 1173. So I'm guessing and it's kind of like it's a it's a something religious. It's, it's a stormfather shirtless guy with buff, like a buff dude, buff shirtless dude with like a shirt tied around tied around his bottom half. Yeah, and he's got a a big sword, so I assume like a shard blade in yeah. his hand, and it's like it's glowing. glowing. And he My has guess, a bunch of like uh, a bunch of like religious people all bowing around. Yes. Him. My guess is Ardents. it's like the yeah. So those are Ardens. And my guess is is that this is like some kind of radiant. It looks like probably the Stormfather. Yeah. What's it? What's the name? Mine. Mine doesn't have a description. Nalan Elin. You don't. Yours doesn't have a description. No, mine's just a full page image. Oh, mine has a. Mine's. A description I'm. I'm going to guess that's probably probably the Stormfather or like one of the heralds or something. Yeah. Not a Nalan, radiant. They don't worship the radiant. They worship yeah. the heralds. Nalan Elin. Ellen? Yes. Remember the remember the difference, Sydney. At the beginning, those first people we no, saw, yeah. they were the heralds. No, I know. The heralds led the Knights Radiant. The Knights yeah. Radiant, we don't we they don't like anymore. Yes. Kaladin might be becoming a Knights Radiant. Because mm. um, he's saying the ideals yeah. of the Knights Radiant and having their powers. Yes. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. Okay, moving on. Chapter 69. <laughs> Psychopath over here. Do you know why? I hate you. <laughs> I literally, before I read it, was thinking about, mm, okay. <laughs> Moving on, chapter Justice is the name of the chapter. <laughs> Good job avoiding it. I, I was ready to hee 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 again. I know. <laughs> so the little death rattle says, all is withdrawn for me. I stand against the one who saved my life. I protect the one who killed my promises. I raise my hand. The storm responds. Hold on, wait a minute. Hold up. I raised my hand. This dude's raising his hand. Maybe it's him. Maybe it is him. Hold up. Something ain't right. <laughs> this just it, That just seems ironic to me that the very next Isn't death rattle ironic? is, I protect the one who killed my promises. I raise my hand. The storm responds. And it's right after a picture with a dude raising his hand. And right. Light. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Sus. Mm. Sus. Okay. Ta- Tana Tanev, 11.73, 18 seconds pre-death. A dark-eyed mother of four in her 62nd year. Whoop, whoop. Well, I guess it was a mom, and this is certainly not a mom. <laughs> well, we don't know. The thing is, the, the death rattles are clearly not about the I know. person saying I know. that. Somebody else. Clearly, yeah. they're saying it's some words that are sent, but sent yeah. but from something. Yes, I agree. Okay. Oh! So we have Navani's perspective at this time, and she is freaking out. Of because course. she's heard the rumor that Dalinar's army got stuck and Sadius' army has arrived without yep. without them. And so she is on her way to Sadius' war camp because she wants to know what's going on. She was like, he'll be fine. He's fine. It's okay. He he better be fine. Like she, I feel, I love that we get her perspective here because it shows how much she truly cares about, because I feel like up to this yeah. point, we don't really know for sure if Navani's just using Dalinar. Yeah. But here, she cares. it's so obvious how much she cares. Right. And I think I've come to the conclusion that I'm happy for the two of them. <laughs> and they're good together because they love each other a lot. And they care about each other a lot. Uh, but she's on her way. She sees, she gets to Sadius' war camp. And the first thing she notices is that his soldiers don't have any blood on their uniforms. And they look totally unharmed. Yeah. And she's like, Okay, that should make me feel better, but it doesn't. I'm. Why are they unharmed? Where is Dalinar and where is Adolin? And she she gets up to she gets to Sadius, 
and she uh, is trying to request to see him and Renarin shows up and he's also freaking out. He of course he's not doing okay. And uh Sadius finally allows the two of them to go and talk to him. And they go up to Sadius and they're like, she's like, explain. Tell me what happened. Yeah. And this is what Sadius says. Okay. He says, yeah. I'm sorry, Brightness. The Barshendi overwhelmed your brother's army. It was folly to work together. Our change in tactics was so threatening to the savages that they brought every soldier they could could to this battle surrounding us. And so you left Dalinar? We fought hard to reach him, but the numbers were simply overpowering. We had to retreat lest we lose ourselves as well. I would have continued fighting, save for the fact that I saw your brother fall with my, my own eyes, swarmed by Parshendi with hammers. They began carrying away chunks of bloodied Sharplay as prizes. Barbaric monsters. Liar. He flat out lies to her face that Mm, Sadius, I hate you. You are the worst character in this entire book. And I yeah. am so angry. He's kind of sucky. But he just flat out lies. And then he says this. He says, I understand that the news is difficult. I wish I had not been forced to bring it to you. Dalinar and I, well, I have known him for many years. And while we did not always see the same sunrise, I considered him an ally and a friend. They will pay for this. I will see that they pay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, sir. Yeah. Considered him a friend. Yeah, okay. <sighs> I do not like him. Renarin is freaking out. Renarin he realizes sits he's high prince now. Mm-hmm. Renarin sits down. He's trembling. He's freaking out. He's not okay. Uh, Navani realizes that Cities has all the bridges, mm-hmm. which is a little sus. Mm-hmm. Um, but she now requests uh, a brush pen and ink burn ink because she begins to write on like huge huge um Glyph. glyphs on the ground she writes like justice. a prayer and the prayer um One means word. it's it's thoth is the prayer and it means justice like colin said and she lights it on fire it goes up it, the prayer burns the reason by the way the reason that they do that i like this is the first time they actually say why they burn their prayers yeah she burns it killing the prayer and sending its soul to the almighty yes that's what they believe is happening yeah so I appreciate this whole time they've been burning prayers and not saying why they do that. Yeah. And now they finally say, like, we burn prayers because we're killing it to send it to the Almighty. Yes. Anyway, so now there's like a scar of the word justice on the ground. Yes. And right after the prayer goes out, uh, someone calls Bright Lord Sidious and they turn and they see a line of men <laughs> limping back towards. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> they see a line of men limping back towards Sidious's war camp. And at the very front of them is a horse on which is a man in slate gray armor. <laughs> there he comes. That image it's is your boy. And it's so ironic that it happens right after she burns that prayer. Asking for justice. I know. Hmm. Maybe Almighty's real. Hmm. Maybe. What do you think, actually? Um, this fantasy world. It can I be real. think so, yeah. You think Almighty's real? Okay, continue. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now we switch back to Dalinar's perspective. He's on his horse, Gallant, and there are only 2,653 men with him, and he had 8,000 at the beginning. What a terrible slaughter. Sadius, I'm going to slaughter you. I stab him in the throat. Honestly, yes. Stab him in the eye. Let's stab him in the eye. Okay. He, I feel like that's more dreadly than the throat. He deserves it. <laughs> um, but they're on their way back. He is currently wearing Adolin's um, plate. because, or Yeah, gauntlet. Par- pieces and parts. Yes. Because um, they've kind of decided that Dalinar needs to have the best plate. Yes. And Adolin, like, they'll fix it eventually, but you for can, now. You can regrow plate with yes. the, it's like, it will, 
the pieces he left will dissolve from the planes and reform. Yes. With Stormlight. But yes. they didn't have enough to like fully regrow his yes. plate. But right now they need like Dalinar needs the best because he's the high prince. And and also because well, this is funny to me. They he said, Well, say uh Adolin's uh logic made sense to me because while we're both warriors, I'm a fifty something year old. Yes. And he's a twenty something year old. Yes. He would be better off with the worst plate than Dalinar yeah, would be. Adolin would be able to handle himself because he's well, one, the best sword fighter in the like sharp shard blade fighter. Yeah. And two, he's spry and young compared to Dalinar's doing his best 50-something. So um, they get back and uh, basically Dalinar has a plan. He's going to go see Sadius. Uh, That's what he's going to do. He's going to talk to him. He's going to confront him. He's going to find out. He wants to find out why. That's his main goal. He wants to know why Sadius did this. And right before they get back, um, he tells one of uh, his uh, officers to take the wounded back to the war camp. Yeah. And um, he looks at the bridgeman. So they, they start to head off. He looks at the bridgeman and he's like, uh, he they've left their bridge as soon yeah. as they got to the permanent bridges. They don't need them anymore. Um, he figures Sadius can go get it eventually if he needs it. Uh, he tells um, them that they should follow the wounded back. And Cowden's like, no, uh, we're coming with you. Yes. I'm coming with you. And all the other ones. And come. all the others are like, we're also coming. Yeah. And... They're like, Kaladin's like, I should send you back. And they're like, no, we're coming. Yeah. And so basically, Dalinar's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah, sure. And so the the bridgemen all come with him. And they head back and they see, uh, they spot Naren and Navani. And Adolin's like, why are they here? And Dalinar's like, who cares? I'm just happy they're here. And as soon as they get up there, they get off. And the cutest the cutest thing, um, Dalinar gets off and immediately Renarin comes over and they hug and it's adorable and Renarin says father you live and I love that that's so adorable yeah. to me and then immediately after Navani comes up and she she comes over and is like you know clo- like holds her like hugs him and he he says you weren't even worried were you and she goes worried yeah. I was terrified and he realizes that her eyes are bright red Yep, like she's like obviously been crying and he at this point holds her in an embrace and is like holding her as close as he possibly can. Like there are people around and he's decided he doesn't care. And she says, it appears that I was missed. The others are watching. They'll talk. And he says, I don't care. And he basically tells her that on the battlefield, he thought he was going to die. And he realized that it was all right. And what he tells her is he says, I have spent too much of my time worrying about what people think, Navani. When I thought my time had arrived, I realized that all my worrying had been wasted. In the end, I was pleased with how I had lived my life. I had only two regrets, one for you and one for Renarin. So basically, he's decided that he's okay with them knowing that he's courting Navani now, mm-hmm. which um, I love that he kind of recognized that. And basically, he tells her that um, he he tells her that Sadius left them, I yeah. think, doesn't like, he? Yeah, basically, he, he, well, I don't think he actually says that to her, but he says, uh, he, oh, she stays the she watch. Asked, she asked, yeah. she asked. And he, Adolin says he didn't just abandon us. He set us up, then betrayed us. Yeah. Um. But basically, he's now going to go talk to Sadius. And, and he also says to Adolin, do not summon your blade. Yes. Do not summon your do blade. Do not, because that would be terrible, and we would not survive that. Uh. But they go to walk up to Sadius, and Sadius is standing in the middle of the justice prayer that has just been burned. Yeah. Which he's is He's trotting on justice. Yes. What a good symbolism. I know. It's hilarious. Sidious gets up to him and goes, Dalinar, old friend, it appears that I underestimated or overestimated the odds against you. I apologize for retreating when you were still in danger. Yeah. And basically he's trying to fake it and pretend that he just left him and didn't betray him. Yeah. And 
Dalinar says, of course, you did what you had to. And Sadie is like kind of relaxes. I would like to dramatically read. You can get to where you want to start, but I would like to dramatically read their interaction because it's so intense. We can do that. We'll just get to the part where uh, Dalinar asks. Basically, they get close together and then Dalinar starts to ask why. And so we can dramatically read that if you want. Yeah. Uh, here it well he sends everybody away first did you say that yeah but they, they get kind of close so the, yeah. only only those two could hear yeah. here yep. it goes I need to know why Dalinar asked too quietly for any but Sadius to hear because of my oaths old friend what Dalinar asked hands forming fists we swore something together years ago Sadius sighed losing his fluency and speaking openly protect Elokar protect this kingdom that's what I was doing we had the same purpose and we were fighting together, Sidious. It was working. Yes, Sadius said, but I'm confident I can be the Parshendi on my own now. Everything we've done together, I can manage by splitting my army in two. One to race on ahead, a larger force to follow. I had to take this chance to remove you, Dalinar. Can't you see? Gavilar died because of his weakness. I wanted to attack the Parshendi from the start, conquer them. He insisted on a treaty, which led to his death. Now you're starting to act just like him. Those same ideas, the same ways of speaking. Through you, they begin to infect Elokar. He dresses like you, he talks of the coast to me, and how perhaps we should enforce them through all the war camps. He's beginning to think of retreating. And so you'd have me think this is an act of honor, Dalinar growled. Not at all, Sadia said, chuckling. I have struggled for years to become Elokar's most trusted advisor, but there was always you, distracting him, holding his ear despite my every effort. I won't pretend this was only about honor, though there was an element of that to it. In the end, I just wanted you gone. Sadius's voice grew cold. But you are going insane, old friend. You may name me a liar, but I did what I did today as a mercy, a way of letting you die in glory, rather than watching you descend further and further. By letting the Parshendi kill you, I could protect Elokar from you and turn you into a symbol to remind the others what we're really doing here. Your death might have become what finally united us. Ironic, if you consider it. Down our breath in and out. It was hard not to let his anger, his indignation, consume him. Then tell me one thing. Why not pin the assassination attempt on me? Why clear me if you were only looking to betray me later on? Sadius snorted softly. Ah, nobody would really believe that you tried to kill the king. They'd gossip, but they wouldn't believe it. Blaming you too quickly would have risked implicating myself. He shook his head. I think Elokar knows who tried to kill him. He's admitted as much to me, though he won't give me the name. What? Dalinar thought. He knows? But how? Why not tell us who? Dalinar adjusted his plans. He wasn't certain if Sadius was telling the truth, but if he was, he could use this. He knows it wasn't you, Sadius continued. I can read that much in him, though he doesn't realize how transparent he is. Blaming you would have been pointless. Elokar would have defended you, and I might very well have lost the position of High Prince of Information. But it did give me a wonderful opportunity to make you trust me again. Unite them. The visions... But the man who spoke to Dalinar in them had been dead wrong. Acting with honor hadn't won Sadius' loyalty. It had just opened Dalinar up to betrayal. If it means anything, Sadius said idly, I'm fond of you. I really am. But you are a boulder in my path, and a force working, against your own knowledge, to destroy Gavilar's kingdom. When the chance came along, I took it. It wasn't simply a convenient opportunity, Dalinar said. You set this up, Sadius. I planned, but I'm often planning. I don't always act on my options. Today, I did. Dalinar snorted. Well, you show me something today, Sadius. Shown it to me by the very act of trying to remove me. And what was that? Sadius asked, amused. You show me 
that I'm still a threat. <laughs> I love that statement. That's so That's funny. funny. This whole interaction is wild to me. But I respect Dalinar for not just stabbing Sadius in the head. I don't. I would have. I think stab him. I <laughs> no, it, even no, if they're no, like, no. hey, let's start a war for that. I'd be like, my man. Did you hear? Did you hear what he did? That's not a war worthy. That's that's war worthy. Yeah, man. Yeah, I shatter. I would not be able to control myself that heavily. I shatter those Alethkar. I don't care. You, try, <laughs> you did that to look at my men. Look what you've done. You just admitted Alethkar is on my team. The moment you said Alethkar would side with me, sink your dead. I don't care. He's the bye. king. Yeah, bye. <laughs> I have a sharp blade. You don't. Ooh, bye. Yeah, man. Anyway, not for long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the end of the section there. Um. We now switch back to Cowden's perspective, and Cowden is watching um, them talk, and eventually they kind of split off. Oh, man. Here's another dramatic reading I want to hear. <laughs> Sydney. What? These chapters are too good. I know. Can we do it anyway? Yeah. Okay. But before we do that real quick, let me do this part where uh, Matal is watching them, and Matal knows that he's about to die, like Lamarill did, yeah. <laughs> because of what happened. Yeah. And Cowden's like, well... We tried to escape, but we're stuck here because he doesn't think there's any way that Dalinar is going to be yeah. able to get them away from Sadius. And Kaladin says, they should have killed me from the start. And then he goes, well, they tried. They failed. Yeah. Love that. Kaladin's that crazy. Funny. Anyway, dramatic reading time? Yep. Here it goes. Well, Sadius said loudly, your men are obviously tired, Dalinar. We can speak later about what went wrong. Though, I think it's safe to assume that our alliance has proven unfeasible. Unfeasible, Dalinar said. A kind way of putting it. He nodded towards the bridgemen. I will take these bridgemen with me to my camp. I'm afraid I cannot part with them. Cowden's heart sank. Surely they aren't worth much to you, Dalinar said. Name your price. I'm not looking to sell. I will pay 60 emerald brooms per man, Dalinar said. That drew gas from the watching soldiers on both sides. It was easily 20 times the price of a good slave. Not for a thousand each, Dalinar, Sadia said. Caledon could see the deaths of the bridgemen in those eyes. Take your soldiers and go. Leave my property here. Do not press me on this, Sadius, Dalinar said. Suddenly the tension was back. Dalinar's officers lowered hands to swords and his spearmen perked up, gripping the halves of their weapons. Do not press you, Sadius asked. What kind of threat is that? Leave my camp. It's obvious that there is nothing more between us. If you try to steal my property, I will have every justification in attacking you. Dalinar stood in place. He looked confident, though Kaladin saw no reason why. Another promise dies, Kaladin thought, turning away. In the end, for all his good intentions, this Dalinar colon was the same as the others. Behind Kaladin, men gasped in surprise. Kaladin froze, then spun around. Dalinar colon was holding his massive shard blade. It dripped beads of water from having just been summoned. His armor steamed faintly, stormlight rising from the cracks. Sadius stumbled back, eyes wide. His honor guard drew their swords. Adolin Colin reached his hand to the side, apparently beginning to summon his own weapon. Dalinar took one step forward, then drove his blade point first into the middle of the blackened glyph on the stone. He took a step back. For the bridgemen, he said. Sadius blinked, muttering voices fell silent, and the people on the field seemed too stunned even to breathe. What? Sadius asked. The blade, Dalinar said, firm voice carrying in the air. In exchange for your bridgemen, all of them, every one you have in camp, they become mine, to do with as I please, never to be touched by you again. In exchange, you get the sword. Sadius looked down at the blade, incredulous. This weapon is worth fortunes, cities, palaces, kingdoms. Do we have a deal? 
Dalinar asked. Father, no! Adolin Colin said, his own blade appearing in his hands. You... Dalinar raised a hand, silencing the younger man. He kept his eyes on Sidious. Do we have a deal? He asked, each word sharp. Kaladin stared, unable to move, unable to think. Sidious looked at the shard blade, eyes full of lust. He glanced at Kaladin, hesitated just briefly, then reached and grabbed the blade by the hilt. Take the storming creatures. Dalinar nodded curtly, turning away from Sidious. Let's go, he said to his entourage. They're worthless, you know, Sidious said. You're of the ten fools, Dalinar Colin. Don't you see how mad you are? This will be remembered as the most ridiculous decision ever made by an Alethi High Prince. I freaking love Dalinar. Best character in this entire book. I love him. Makes me so ecstatic. Also, that symbol of justice freaking got used like three different times, three different ways. One, she painted justice. And as soon as she finished, the people returned. That's justice. Two, freaking Sadius treading on justice. Of course he is. Three, the image of his shard blade, the most valuable thing he owns, being traded for the Richmond who saved his life yep. in the middle of the symbol of justice. Yep. Dude, everything he, like, that one symbolism, very, three different ways that I found in one reading. It's like, yeah, what a good thing to have printed on the ground. I agree. Also, just, I love Dalinar so much. He kept his promise in the craziest way possible. Like, yeah, man. I love that. And it's so good that Kaladin gets to see that. Like, I'm so glad that Kaladin finally gets to realize that, hey, this dude is as honorable as everyone has told you. Yes. They weren't lying. I know you've been lied to over and over again. You've been hurt yes. by light eyes over and over again. But Dalinar is not like the others. In fact, and he's I significantly better than the others. Yes. And I love Wait, that. really quick. Yeah. The single best line sticks with me more than anything else in my in this books every time is the sentence between Kaladin and him. Yeah, so real quick, before you say that, Kaladin goes over to Dalinar and is like, what is happening? And then Dalinar says this. Dalinar says, I don't know what has been done to you. I can only guess what your life has been like. But know this, you will not be bridgemen in my camp, nor will you be slaves. Wait, no. What is a, this is the best part. What is a man's life worth? The slave masters say one is worth about two emerald bromes. And what do you say? A life is priceless. Dalinar smiled. Coincidentally, that is exactly the value of a shard blade. So today, you and your man sacrificed to buy me 2,600 priceless lives. And all I had to repay you with was a single priceless sword. I call that a bargain. Yeah! I love Dalinar! Dalinar genuinely views life as as completely worth everything. And so does Kaladin. And so them together, like Dalinar genuinely believes that his trade was a good one. And it's crazy because no one else does. Not even Kaladin really truly does. But Dalinar is such a good man that he's like, no, you saved 26,000 men with priceless. Yep. I gave one priceless sword. We're even. Yeah. Boy, that's, I don't know. That line every time gets me. I know. And Kaladin, at this point, Dalinar smiles, and Kaladin thinks that his smile is almost like paternal in a way, Mm -hmm. which is really adorable. I love that. Yeah. Um, And basically, Kaladin's like, you said you take care of Sadius. Is this what you meant? And Mm -hmm. Dalinar's response is, this wasn't taking care of Sadius. This was taking care of you and your men. I still have work to do today. That's so sweet, though. I know. I love Dalinar so much. Dalinar. It's actually funny, okay? Because when I was reading this, I got to this point. 
And I texted Colt and I said, I love Dalinar. He's my new favorite character. <laughs> and then immediately we see a wild section where I thought Dalinar was about to do something terrible. And I was like, oh, I jinxed it. It ends up being pretty cool anyway. It though. does. Yes. So what happens? Anyways, Sydney, I'm so interested. Sydney, I'm, I am engrossed in as you should be. As you should be. I am. We, so we skip forward a little bit. And Dalinar is now um, with uh, Elikar, King Elikar in his palace sitting room. Dalinar goes up to him. He's thinking well, about the fact that... Well, before he does that, he talks to the soldiers outside. Yes. Well, he thinks about the fact that, the, yes, the guards outside are really loyal to him. And basically, they have weird commands that they were not expecting, which we soon find out what their commands are. He goes up... He gets to uh, uh, Dalinar, and the king is looking at him. He's wearing a shard plate. And he's like, oh, good. You're here. Like, you know, I wanted to talk to you. Dalinar goes to him and then punches him right in the chest. No, he boots him across the room. Yes, just yeets him across the room. He has shard plate on. Both of yes. them do. And when I was reading this, I was like, oh, man, I just <laughs> said that Dalinar was my favorite. Now he's about to kill him. Yeah. But basically, he starts, like, attacking Elikar. And Elikar's screaming, you're mad. Guards, guards, assassin in the king's chamber, guards. And he's, like, freaking out. And the guards aren't coming because the guards are under order from Dalinar to ignore anything Elikar says. Um, they're my men, Elikar, he says. I trained them. I placed them here. And they've always been loyal to me. And so Dalinar's kind of stopped attacking him, but he's like holding him down. He has basically he's broken Elikar's shard plate. Yeah. It has a gauntleted hand placed on yes. his bare chest. Where he could kill him. Just, it, a, just just like a shrug of your shoulders downwards with a shard plate, yeah. crushes through the guy's chest, yeah. kills him. And Elikar knows this. And basically Dalinar's like, I know what you did. You cut the girth on your saddle. The yeah. saddles were switched. He says the saddles were switched before you came to my camp. You did that because you didn't want to ruin your favorite saddle when it flew free of the horse. You were planning for it to happen. You made it happen. That's why you've been so certain that the girth was cut. And basically, Dalinar's like, you cut your own girth so it would look like people are trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. And um, Elikar's like, yeah, yeah, I did do that. And Don't you realize what you did, Elikar? Basically, Elikar gave Sadius an opening and didn't even, yeah. Elikar was trying, Elikar still believes that he's attempting to be killed. We find out that the gemstones that were broken, Elikar didn't do that. He just cut the girth. That was, that was all he did to make it look mm-hmm. like he was trying. So he he maybe did kind of uncover something. Yeah. But then Dalinar tells him. What this sentence, what are you going to talk about what Dalinar is about to say? Yes. The, he says, oh, maybe you did find something. And he says, will you let me up then? And Dalinar says. No. He says, if I push, you die. Your ribs crack like twigs. Your heart is smashed like a grape. Nobody would blame me. They all whisper that the Blackthorn should have taken the throne for himself years ago. Your guard is loyal to me. There will be nobody to avenge you. Nobody would care. Do you understand? No. Um, and basically, Dalinar's like, your paranoia might be unfounded. It might be well-founded. Either way, you need to know I am not the enemy. And basically, the whole point of this, he attacked Elikar so that Elikar could see I could kill you right now if I wanted to and but I'm not going to because I care about you and I don't want you dead I care about you enough that I am giving my own guard to protect you so yeah. much they're my guard so much they won't even help so like you need to understand I have the power in a snap I could take your throne I don't because I love you like a son yes you'd seem to for some reason think I'm a suspect for killing you and you need to understand I am the Blackthorn if I wanted you dead, you'd be dead. Yes. There's no see that he's trying to get the point across. I am not assassins of the night. I am the man in, sh- in shining shard plate who will cut your head off. Yeah. I don't care. So like I appreciate that. Where Dalinar has never been an assassins of the night type. For some reason, Elikar thought he was. So I appreciate this moment because he's just like, 
That's not me. You know that's not me. Yeah. I am the guy who barges into enemy kingdoms and kills everyone. I agree. Yep. Yep. And basically, Elkar's like, okay, fine. I get it. And Dalinar now is like, you're going to name me High Prince of War tomorrow. Yeah. You, you, what? Tonight, you are going You are going to get your, your scribes to write it down. You are tomorrow announcing that you've named me High Prince of War. I will I will treat these soldiers like children. I will enforce the codes across all the camps. There will there will be an army and we will win this war. Yes. All of the all of the one gem hearts will come to you first. Yep. And then you, as the king, and all of your kindness will distribute the wealth to the people. Yep. They are not winning it for themselves. They're winning it for you, yep. the king. Yep. He's trying to turn this war around and into a war. Into an actual war instead of these petty battles. And he also tells uh uh Elikar that he's gonna give his plate to Renarin. Yeah. To fulfill another promise that he made. Yes. And so now he no longer is going to have a blade or plate. Which other other high princes have done, he says. Remember, there are other people who have, like, they fight for me. Adolin yes. is now his, like, shard bearer. Yes, yes. It's just interesting because so I, he's going to have a harder time being the Blackthorn because he doesn't no longer has plate and blade. What did he learn from about Noadon, by the way? Remember, for, he says this about Noadon from his visions. He realizes in his visions, he, he said, you oh, should make a book. Yeah. He says... Um, much of what I told you, I learned from the way of King or he goes, but they're talking about the codes and the visions and stuff. He says that was before the almighty lied to me. Much of what I told you, I learned from the way of Kings, but I didn't understand something. Noah Don wrote that the book at the end of his life after creating order, after forcing the kingdoms to unite, after rebuilding lands that have fallen in desolation, the book was written to, to embody an ideal. It was given to people who already had momentum in doing what was right. That was my mistake. So basically, he's realized that that book is not entirely accurate because well, it was written after everything was fixed. Basically, it was written as like, here's how you keep being good. Yeah. And he was it was written after you bully a people, like you treat them like children until they learn. Yeah. And then you let them be adults. Yes. Dalinar was treating children like adults. Yeah. And so it's making them saying, be honorable. And they're saying, I don't want to. Yeah. And fighting back. So he says, fine. I'm going to make you until you understand that it's yep. better for you. And so being High Prince of War, that's basically his goal now. He's going to yeah. treat the other High Princes like children until they finally get it in their heads that, hey, we have to work together. And then he leaves. But on his way out. he Right as he begins to leave, he turns and he says, oh, and Elikar, your mother and I are now courting. You want to start growing accustomed to that. And then left. And then. <laughs> Out he goes. And <laughs> end that's of part the four. end of part four. Wait, two things first, by the way. One, Elokar's like, if there no one's trying to kill me before, you just decided that everyone's going to try and kill me because now you've made, I made you high prince yeah. before. Yep. And Dalinar said, don't worry. I got you. I got a few ways to try and get you protected. Yep. Theory, what is that? Um. What does Dalinar have that can maybe protect the king? Mm, Kaladin. Good guess. Um, I say, okay. Oh, real quick, sorry. I think that... <laughs> Do you want my theory or not? Do you want my yes, theory or I not? I do. I think that Dalinar, because obviously Kaladin and the Bridgemen are no longer Bridgemen. Yep. And they're not slaves. I think Dalinar is going to like promote Kaladin and his Bridgemen to right. be guards. Right. Because he's seen how they fight. He knows that they can fight. He's going to promote them, I think, to being guards and soldiers. Mm-hmm. And he's going to make like Kaladin... He's obviously doesn't know the full story of what Kaladin can do, but I think he's going to figure it out. Somehow mm-hmm. he's going to find out and he's going to, Kaladin's going to be like his guard, his right. advisor, his protector. And I think Kaladin's going to have something to do with protecting Elokar. Good. Okay. A couple all. questions for you now. Okay. Here's the real truth. I did some glancing ahead to see what chapters come next. Uh-huh. So while well, well, I was reading last week. Yeah. Um. So 
I think it might be fun for this last section. I'm going to ask you not specific theories, not to give you any clues, but we know next chapters are Dalinar, Kaladin, Shallan, and Zeth, and Wit. Yep. So I'm going to ask you some some theories to see if you can guess correctly where these like last little bits of their story is going to go. Okay. Okay. First, uh, what's happening next with Shallan? She remember she is in. Yes. Um, she's still in the hospital. Uh huh. But she's about to leave for to go home because mm-hmm. she's no longer Yasna's. I think that she manages to somehow convince Yasna to let her stay or she can't for some reason go home How? and she ends up, I don't have the answer to that, okay. but I just think that she does. And she somehow ends up, I still think Shalon needs to end up, like Yasna I think is going to is gonna end, go back to the Shatter Plains, is going to go to the Shatter Plains and somehow Shalon is going to go with her mm-hmm. and end up with her Okay, and end up there. And that's what I think, whether that has to do with like Okay. Something. Something with her family, something. I don't I don't know. Question two. What are the symbol heads that she and kind of oh, Elicar seems to be seeing? Things. I for, totally forgot. Well, we said Elicar kind of seems to be seeing yeah, them too. I forgot. So what about do you think them. those what do you think those are? Um I think they're some kind of like I don't really know. I don't really I it's been so long since we've heard about them that I kind of just forgot they existed. They're dudes with heads that look yeah. like changing symbols. I know. But that doesn't help me. <laughs> that is not helpful. Give me at all. a very broad guess. What are they? I think they are some kind of demon thing sent to people who have seen death. Okay. Good. Or like sounds pretty Harry Potter of Seen you. like close death, I yeah. guess. Or like had a close death. Like Elicar yeah. had his father and like a father death. Yeah. And yeah. And okay. Shalon also had um, her father. Next question. Who has uh um his Oath stone, Zeth's oath stone. Ooh, because I will let you, let you know we see it. Ooh, in the next really? Time. We get to learn who cool. has Zeth's oath stone. Um, hmm. What if it's Sadius? Hmm. That be seems like it would be fitting for Sadius. <laughs> okay, but well, at that point he could just have he could he could have just have yes assassin Dalinar be killed that way. But hmm, I no, I don't think I don't think it's a high prince. Okay. Or if it is, I think it's one of the lower ones that we haven't really seen much of. I don't think I'll it's tell like you, any of the main. I'll tell characters. you, we know their name. We've seen their like. Oh, so we do know. It's that. not going to okay. be like a, it's not going to be like a, a <gasps> new person we don't know. What if it's Amor? No, it's Gaz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no. Um. I think it's like Amram or mm-hmm. Gaz or one okay. of those people. One final question: Death rattles. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, two, two questions. Who's sending them? And like. How who is collecting them and like taking notes on them? Those yeah. two, those are two questions. Oh, um, I just kind of assumed the people taking notes on them were like just whoever was around, like mm. it, like Scott, like the ardents or the scholars or whatever. Like mm-hmm. if they were told, some of them are secondhand and some of them are like I was there yeah. for that. Very, very like uh, clinical. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and then sending them wise, I think that, hmm, I think it's. I think, by the way, yeah. remember the thing before the prologue, that thing way at the beginning? No. Very, very beginning. Before Zeth, Sunset, and Valana were wet in the day he was to kill a king? Nope. Well, that's exactly my issue. So I think during our wrap-up episode, I'm going to have us reread that chapter. Yeah. Because that chapter, it gets it gets thrown to the wayside. Oh, the chapter of um them, the, the heralds? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, that. I think that needs to be, we need to look at that a little bit. Yeah. I think... I think it's like one of the heralds or it could be the dude who gets stuck in the 
the thingy, the herald who's stuck in the. Because isn't one of the heralds stuck in the whatever it's called? I don't remember what it's called. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about from the Good beginning? Th- yes, I know what you're talking about. We'll, we'll, I think. What's okay, it called? For the I wrap up, know what's called. For the wrap up episode, we'll re- we'll reread that chapter. Okay. Well, I'm looking at it right now because I want to remember what it's called. Because it's bugging me that I don't remember what it's called. I don't know what. what describe it. I'll, I can help you because I don't know what it's you're asking. It's wherever they go when they die. Oh yeah, and they it's, come back. The place where they get tortured. Yeah, there's a name. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Well, that would be. Think about I, the words that are being said. Because one of them is stuck down there, and I think I think it's him. And we, I want to in the wrap up. I want to reread that chapter, and I want to go through and read a few of the death rattles. I'll select a few that yeah. we can like look at. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Look forward to next week. We get to finally finish this book and then a wrap up. It's going to be very fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, next week, read the, to the end. Read to the end. Are we it. not ranking the characters? Oh, frick. <laughs> I was like, what are I you doing? I fully just blanked on that I part of like, the show. I was like, are we not ranking nah, the characters? Nah, nah, no ranks, no ranks. No, no, we have to rank. Here it goes. You ready? Uh, I guess, sorry about that. Now it's time to rank the characters. Woo! Okay. This week, we saw lots of characters, so Sydney's going to read us who yes. we saw. So we saw Dalar, Mesh, Tien, Varth, Dalinar, Adolin, Sadius, Navani, Renarin, Kaladin, Sil, Rock, Tef, Lopin, Moash, Sigzil, Scar, Elis, Jax, Malop, Narm, Matal, and Elokar. And our ranking for this week is Dalinar at top because he's the best boy ever. Woo! Followed by Kaladin because he's the coolest boy ever. Followed yep. by Sil because she's the sweetest girl ever. Followed by Navani who's the nicest mom ever. Followed by Tef who's the coolest father figure ever. Followed by Al- Adolin who's the coolest son ever. Followed by Renarin who's the coolest sixth son ever. Followed by Lopin who's the coolest one-armed man ever. Followed by Mosh who's this kind of just a weird dude. Followed by Rock who's the coolest like big boy ever. Followed by Sigzel <laughs> who's the coolest world singer, second coolest world singer ever. Followed by Scar Followed by uh, who's whatever. Followed by Elokar, who's also whatever. Followed by Delar and Mesh and Ethologs. You don't know who they are. <laughs> Wish you were dead. Varth, because he put uh, he TN put T in the in front the line. Front. Then Matal, because, you know. Yeah. Followed by Sadius, because, you know. Yeah. And then the dead tier. We have actually a pretty big dead tier this week. We have TN, the favorite dead character. Then Earless Jax, Malop, and Narm, because they all died during the, the holding of the bridge. Yes. All righty. Top five, bottom five. What do all you right. see? Our top five from last week was Kaladin, Dalinar, Hoyd, Adolin, and Navani. And our bottom five was Matal, Capsule, Amram, Hashal, and Sadius. I'll let you know now the bottom five did not change. Nope. The bottom five was exactly the same. So our top five, though, is Dalinar Ka- uh, has changed. Dalinar has taken the first. It's only the second time ever Kaladin has not been number one. Yeah, Follow- well, no. Oh, was it the third time? There's Rock was number one one time. time and Shalon. Fourth time. Wait. Because Shalon. Sil was one. And then Sil and then Shalon and then Rock. There's been four because there's two Shalons. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. And then uh, Adolin after Kaladin. Then Navani. Then Teft. And the bottom five is the same. Yeah. Matal, Capsule, Amaram, Hashal, yeah. Alrighty. So those are, those are our people that we like and we dislike. Yeah, man. We really like some people and we really and hate dislike. some people. Sadius is dead to me. Anyway, thank you guys all so much for listening to this week. Yes. We had a great time recording it. Yeah, we We're looking did. forward to finishing off this book for you Can't next week. I believe we're almost done. Yeah. It's we'll crazy. Get, once again, make sure you get Words of Radiance. It's the next book in the series. It's going to be great. Um, I, anyway, is there anything else we need to say? You know, the title being Words of Radiance feels weirdly fitting because Calden just said the words the radiance. So, man, he does a good job titling things. Doesn't he? <laughs> I didn't really think about it until right now. <laughs> it's also fun because I think it's true, but every one of the titles is also the title of it in in the universe book. So, Way of really? Kings, really, all a, of them. Way of well, Kings. obviously, Way of Kings is. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure Words of Radiance is a book that that they see next book. That's I funny. know Oathbringer is a book. I'm also almost positive Rhythm of War. Not positive. I know for a fact Rhythm of War is also a book. So huh. they're all books in the universe. That's funny. Anyway, th- anyways, thank you for listening. Make sure you check out our 
artist for our music who is Alezia. That's A L E Z E I A on, on Spotify. Spotify. And the, our intro and outro is Windrunner Remake. Yes. Um, and make sure you read the rest of the chapters in the book. So that's 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, and the epilogue. They're all very short. The yes. longest one is 25 minutes. You got this. Not you absolutely it got it. Zooming through. You've got two that are six minutes real yeah. quick. Um, but make sure you read those for next week. Or else Sydney will throw you across the room and threaten your death unless you give her power. Ooh. Okay. Kaladin did. Dalinar did that. So that counts. Thank you for listening. Ooh. I'm surprised you didn't do one. Was yours last week not me betraying you? Yeah, it was betrayal. Was so it? I, didn't okay. want to do, I didn't want to do that twice. In I a didn't row. remember. Thank you all for listening. My name is Colton Pratt. And I am Sydney Lyrely. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.